Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. Professor Greg Cosell is here. Class is in session. It's also the last show we have this week, the last new show we have this week. You can always check out Even Money Podcast. was awesome with Lockie Lockerson. Joe Dolan and I went over a bunch of these moves from a fantasy perspective with the skill position players. I think you'll really enjoy some of the free agent moves. I'm going to get to everything that happened over the last 48 hours because we recorded exactly 48 hours ago, Tuesday morning. Now it's Thursday morning. We do have some winners who I love. Sean McAvoy quote tweeted the College Draft podcast saying how much he enjoyed how different Emory Hunt's opinions were of the quarterback. So shout out to Sean. Let me know which of these signed press passes you want, Sean, or I can get you a signed picture or football card, whatever you want. The sponsor confirmation email winner, Jared Scray, AutoZone. We haven't even heard from AutoZone in a while, and yet Jared Scray sent me a receipt and a picture of what he bought at AutoZone, which I love. By the way, proof that advertising works, proof that advertising stays in your head weeks later, months later, whatever it is. And then the YouTube shout-out is Eric Lane. So, Eric, let me know exactly who you want your cameo style video for love doing those youtube shout outs for the youtube folks youtube.com slash ross tucker nfl if you haven't subscribed yet please do it just hit the thumbs up at youtube.com slash ross tucker nfl it's all you need to do and it's free i think we're ready for big show time the big show All right, you know them, you love them. I don't need to do a whole big thing. It's at Greg Cosell, NFL Films legend. We're going to get into the tight ends today, Greg. But I can't go into the tight ends without asking you just a couple things about what's going on in free agency. I have a couple specific questions, Greg. I, I guess 
Uh, before I get into that, is there anything in particular that really stood out to you? Anything that really surprised you or that you find particularly interesting? You know, that's a bad question for me, Ross. No, nothing really surprises me with this kind of stuff. Just like, you know, everybody talks about the money that certain players get. I don't even really look at that. Um, you know, so... No, I would say that nothing really surprises me. Um, you know, I think that we get this every single year and, uh, uh, you know, different guys move around and, you know, some things come out of the blue. Like I, I think we were probably um, surprised may not be the right word, but I think that it was interesting that Von Miller signed with the Bills. We saw that last night. I don't think that that seemed to be in play, you know, 48 hours ago. But, you know, I think that players want to play with Josh Allen now. They feel that the Bills are going to be a playoff team every year with a chance to win a Super Bowl. And I think players want to play with Josh Allen. I think the O.J. Howard signing is, is a really good signing for the Bills as well. Um, so, uh, but, you know, it's a true surprise. Um, probably not. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that many surprises either. I, I guess the – and the money is the money. We talk about it. Yeah. The one that um, caught me off guard a little bit, I guess – was just how much money Christian Kirk got yep. from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I guess my question for you, Greg, is, is Christian Kirk that good? What is Christian Kirk? I know there were several teams interested in him, so he must be a guy that that people really like. It's just, I don't know. You, you know, it always seemed like he was like the third option in Arizona, and all of a sudden he gets a huge contract like this. What are your notes on Christian Kirk? Obviously, you've watched him oh, yeah. uh, quite a bit over the last four years. You know, he came out of college as a second-round pick. He's a player that's shown that he can line up both in the slot and outside. He's got vertical ability. Uh, he can work underneath. Uh, you can argue that in today's NFL, that kind of receiver has value uh, because he can be formation versatile. He's a multiple-location receiver. Um, the numbers are a function of many different things. I'm sure Doug Peterson and his staff see him in Jacksonville as someone that they can move all over the formation and be a high-volume target share receiver. Um, so to them, he has a ton of value. Uh, so, you know, again, just people are going to look at his stats and say, oh, he's never been this, he's never been that. But it's the way they envision using him that becomes critical to their offense and Again, without getting into the numbers, if you want them, you got to pay what, what the number is. That's why the numbers in some ways are irrelevant. So I'm not going to ask you about Tom Brady coming back, Greg, because what what, what I mean? What's what is there to say? He's pretty good. Yeah. So I do want to ask you about a couple guys, though. Sure. Well, one is Mitch Trubisky in Pittsburgh. You know, there have been a lot of reports that there was a lot of interest in Trubisky. He actually didn't get as much money as I thought he would, but I do think he thought there was a very good opportunity in Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, what what have you seen from Trubisky over the years? Do you believe that he's a guy that can improve to the point where he becomes a, a solid starting quarterback in the NFL in Pittsburgh? I think that's a very open question. Uh, I think that he's a fascinating case study, Ross, because one year ago, the league told him that he was not good enough to be a starting quarterback. And therefore, he had to sign as a clear backup in Buffalo, a place where he was not competing for a starting job. So the league told him he was not good enough to be a starter. 
suddenly this offseason, he's in demand. So why is he in demand? He's in demand for two reasons. Number one, there's not a lot of quarterbacks out there that really hit the free agency market that are considered really good players. And number two, most people seem to believe that the draft is bereft of big-time quality guys that you would draft high. So therefore, Mitchell Trubisky becomes in demand. So what is he? Ultimately, he's a quarterback where you need a run game to be a major foundation of your offense. The Steelers believe they have that with Najee Harris. They have upgraded their O-line, in their opinion, with multiple signings uh, and two rookies from a year ago who they believe will be better this year. Uh, And they've upgraded their defense to the point where they believe that their defense can be a factor again, a dominating factor. And, And they may not be done upgrading their defense. We'll see. So in that scenario, can Mitchell Trubisky line up and play quarterback? Probably. But he's not different today than he was a year ago in terms of his physical traits. It's interesting because obviously Pittsburgh believes they can get more out of him. Uh, But that's kind of why the Bears brought Matt Nagy to Chicago in that first year. He did get more out of him. He got a lot out of him. In, in, In that second season, we were all discussing how smart Matt Nagy was for what he got out of Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, And don't forget, uh, Nagy didn't make the pick, but they traded up to get Trubisky with the second pick in a draft. So that, that second year in the league, Nagy was a genius. And then all of a sudden he became an idiot. But, um, but Trubisky had that solid second year. But I think ultimately there are certain limitations to what he is. And you have to understand those limitations and build your team around that. So the question becomes, ultimately, if you're Pittsburgh, a team that's won Super Bowls, quite a few in their long history, is can they compete for a Super Bowl in the AFC with Mitchell Trubisky and the way they will have to play? And probably the answer to that is no. All right. Greg, let's get to Carson Wentz in Washington. Uh, You've obviously watched a lot of Carson Wentz. There are reports about, you know, leadership and stuff like that, which you don't comment on. But what you can comment on, and what my question is, is do you think his play in Indianapolis merited this trade? You know, watching him last year, did you think, oh, they're going to get rid of him? He did. He just didn't play well. Yeah. Because I guess I'm I'm a little surprised that Frank Reich and the Colts didn't bring him back for another year. Yeah, and I think that first part of your question, which you know, you and I probably don't know the answer to because we're not there, did factor in in a big way because if you just look at his tape, which is all I do, uh, I think he had. Somewhat of an up and down year, but far more solid and positive than negative. But what really stood out, and this is where you get into how coaches see their quarterback, and that's a very important point, is toward the end of the season, they took the ball out of Carson Wentz's hand. And they really just made it a Jonathan Taylor offense. And they wanted Wentz to be a pure complement. And that is very telling. Because during the course of the season, there were stretches when he clearly played very well and made some big-time throws. Um, Again, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We don't know the meetings. We don't know the relationships and the leadership element. But 
something is wrong there because look where the Colts are right now, Ross. They do not have a quarterback. And, you know, Carson Wentz is a professional quarterback. You can line up and play with Carson Wentz. And right now the Colts don't have anybody they can line up and play with. So there's something going on there that goes beyond what the tape shows. Yep, I think that's well said, and uh, it will be very, very interesting to see how he does in Washington. I do want to get into these draft tight ends. You know, Greg, it might be the least talked about position in this draft. You're correct. I, I mean, you know, even just you and I thinking about talking about tight ends, I remember thinking, I don't even know very many of these guys. Now, I always start with the same question with you, which is, is there a guy that that jumped out to you? Was there a guy that you thought, wow, I really like this kid? There's one player who I think is going to be a really quality NFL tight end, and that's Trey McBride from Colorado State. Um, and it's interesting because I think that Trey McBride can be a tight end that you can line up all over the formation. He's actually a good inline blocker as well, and that's that's important. He, he's a uh, you know, a dual tight end and that he's not just a split receiver by any means. Um, but he wouldn't be considered special. But I think he can line up and play boundary X in this league the way tight ends now, the good ones do, where they're that single receiver to the boundary on the backside of trips. And by way of comparison, when I was watching McBride, and, and I really liked his tape quite a bit, but I looked up Travis Kelsey's pre-draft measurables when he came out and this is the reason McBride's not being talked about quite that way, even though there are times he kind of looks like that. And Kelsey's pre-draft measurables were better, not by a large amount, but they were better in almost all areas than McBride. So even though McBride, I think, can be used in a similar fashion, McBride's just not seen as that kind of player. But ultimately, I think that he's he's going to be a really good tight end in this league. Maybe not at the level of the top three or four, but I think that he's a really good receiver. Uh, and I think that he's a really good blocker as well, an inline blocker. So he'd be, if I had to make a list, he'd be in my number one tight end. So I did a Colorado state game two years ago, the pandemic year. Yeah. He was their best player by far. Yeah. I mean, he was their best player for like three years. He gets after people as a blocker. No question. He's not a special athlete, but he's rugged and good. And I wouldn't put it past him, Greg, to be able to line up as a wing back, to be able to line up in the backfield. I agree. And lead on some plays as a fullback if you need him to. I'm not saying that, that he should specialize in that. But sometimes they put these tight ends at fullback, Greg, that have absolutely no business trying to lead on a linebacker on ISO, McBride would not be afraid to do that. Well, here's like what he I would fly up there and do it. Here's what I typed in my transition, Ross. I said this. I said, McBride is the most complete tight end prospect in the draft with his competitiveness and ability as an attached blocker in the run game, a defining trait of his play. And while he is not an explosive weapon in the pass game, not in the Travis Kelsey discussion, he is more than capable of working all three levels of the defense and lining up at boundary X. And you're right. He's not a special athlete, but he's a good athlete. What about, uh, is there a second guy that jumped out to you? I know people talk about the UCLA kid, Dulcich. Yeah. Uh, we know the Ohio State kid is from Long Island, uh, Jeremy Rucker. That's right, he is. Um, 
Well, you you mentioned the UCLA kid, Greg Dulcich. He's to me a really interesting player because he he was predominantly a split player in that spread offense of Chip Kelly, um, and I think he kind of fits the profile that teams are looking for in, with the tight end. He has build up speed. He has stride length. He's six four. Um, he can run the vertical seams. He can run intermediate and deeper crossers. You can line him up in multiple locations in the formation. He has that stretch the field ability. Um, and it's funny. All I heard at the combine from offensive coaches is we're looking for explosive plays. That's what offensive coaches are now thinking about. And he can give you some of that. I mean, he also, I think, can line up at that boundary X position on the backside of trips. Um there's no doubt to me that Dulcich will play in the NFL. His snap count, his target volume will be a function of team and scheme. But he's a very intriguing prospect because he does have seam ability, vertical ability. He can be a three-level player uh, as a tight end. Is there – I'm going to give you a guy who's fascinating to me, and that's Jelani Woods from Virginia. I don't know if you know much about him. Oh, um, I don't know anything about him. He's six, seven, and an eighth, okay? Um, he was actually a quarterback in high school in Georgia, and then he went to Oklahoma State, and they made him a tight end, and he didn't catch a lot of balls at Oklahoma State. And then he went to Virginia, and they threw the ball a ton. Um, and he kind of became a receiving tight end this year, and I think he's just scratching the surface of what he can be. You know, you wouldn't call him explosive. Obviously, he's much more measured and methodical, you know, because he is six seven plus. Um, he's not a great transition change of direction athlete, but he's big. He's physically imposing. When he can open up his stride a little bit, you know, he can run. Um, he's got a really wide catching radius. So he's got that rare size, movement, hands, body control, run after catch, competitiveness profile. And while he doesn't have a ton of experience as a receiver, that's why I said I think he's just scratching the surface. Um, you know, he's a plus athlete, not a great athlete, but boy, that size and stride length, that's a factor. And I've kind of learned that over the years, Ross, that guys that can kind of stretch it out, that, that's a factor. They, they get on top of people. Ruckert, Weidermeyer, Ferguson, Likely, Charlie Kohler, Cole Turner. Yeah. Give me one more, Greg. Well, the other guy that's really intriguing to me would be Isaiah Likely. I mean, Isaiah Likely comes out of Coastal Carolina. He's very interesting looking when you watch him. He's six four and a half, but in, but in some ways he's got a very compact body frame that makes him look shorter. He almost looks stout. Um, and he's a guy that he he's very compact. He can make quick, decisive cuts. No wasted motion. He's got really good balance and body control. There's a vertical dimension to his game as well, but he's got really, really strong hands. Not that this matters a great deal. He did not run a 40 at the combine. I don't know if they've had their pro day yet. I'd be very curious to know what his 40 time is. Like I said, that won't change my opinion based on tape study, but um, he's another guy that, you know, the thing about the tight end position now is, is you really like receivers who can work all three levels if, if you can get one and, and likely seems to me to be that kind of guy. It would not surprise me to see him being one of the first tight ends off the board. I don't know what that means as to where he'll be drafted, but I found him really intriguing to watch. You're always intriguing to listen to Greg. Absolutely love it. Looking forward to next week as well. We can talk during the week about, 
what position we hit. I think we've done running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends now. So we've done the skill guys. Maybe we get into to my my buddies, the offensive line, or maybe we go to the defensive side of the ball. Check him out on social media at Greg Cosell. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. You know who else we should be thanking right now? DraftKings. Did you know you can fund your DraftKings account with cash? That's pretty sweet. Just sign up in the DraftKings Sportsbook app, select Fund with Cash in the payment section, and get a digital barcode. Then just take your cash and barcode to any one of thousands of participating stores. Super easy. And by the way, why not pick up some DraftKings gift cards? Got a bunch of holidays coming up. You don't know what to get a buddy for a birthday or even if he's having you over for March Madness or St. Patrick's Day. Uh, You can get a DraftKings gift card for him. How about Mother's Day, Father's Day? You guys think I'm joking. I'm not. Why not? Make it more interesting. How about for your grandma? Your grandma would love – grandmas love baseball. She'd love to put a couple shekels on some Phillies or Yankees. It's a DraftKings gift card. Done and done. Just visit DraftKingsGiftCard.com to find a participating store near you. March is here. Get in the game with these two awesome, fun, and easy account funding options. Ducks takes. Got a lot of uh, players released, and, and just go through the list here real quick. Uh, Rams punter Johnny Hecker, Jags, Miles Jack. Janoris Jenkins from the Titans, Browns, J.C. Treader, Austin Hooper, Commanders, Matt Ioannidis, and guard Eric Flowers, safeties DeShazer Everett, Landon Collins, Chargers, Brian Balaga, Raiders, Carl Nassib, and Nick Witkowski, Steelers, Zach Banner, Titans, Julio Jones, Bears, Danny Trevathan, Cards, Jordan Phillips. So... Uh, we'll get into it, but Miles Jack has already signed with Pittsburgh, so that was quick for him. You know, teams need to make tough decisions as it relates to the salary cap. I doubt the Browns wanted to release J.C. Treader, but they felt like that was a position where they could save money and get comparable play. Maybe Nick Harris will be the starter there now. Austin Hooper, it, it's really simple. These teams all determined that these guys are no longer worth the money that they were going to pay them. And they wanted to move on. It happens all the time. Ducks takes. New England Patriots trade Chase Winowich to the Browns for Mac Wilson and Shaq Mason uh, goes to the Bucks for a fifth round pick. That's the one I don't understand. If you're the Patriots, I mean, it, they must have some young O-linemen that they like. But how are you getting better trading Shaq Mason for a fifth-round pick? How does that make the New England Patriots football team better? How does that make Mac Jones better? I know it makes the Bucks better, and he's pretty affordable. I think it's like $8 million a year next couple of years. These other guys, these other guards, Sheriff's getting, you know, like 16, 17, even Alex Kappa, these other guys getting $10 million a year. I'd rather have Shaq Mason for less money. The the Bucks won out in that deal. Ducks takes. Aaron Rodgers' contract details are out this year. He'll get $42 million, $59.6 million in 2023, and then in 2024, it's 49.3. Right. I think I saw where it's 
$61 million a year in new money over the next two years. So good for him. He deserves it. He's worth every penny. Just don't try to argue that he took less to help the team, which, by the way, I don't argue any player should, but just because his cap number goes down this year, Aaron Rodgers wanted to get paid. He got paid. This is almost like a financial apology for drafting Jordan Love. Takes. Malik Hooker, back to the Cowboys, two years, $8 million. Randy Gregory, five-year, $70 million deal, 28 of it guaranteed. He changes his mind from the Cowboys to the Broncos over the language in the contract. We had a couple of these. Very interesting. You know, Hooker, I saw play high school basketball, won a state championship, actually. For Gregory, he was all set to sign with the Cowboys. They even put it on social media. And then there was language in there that Andrew Brandt has talked about. Encourage you to check out the Business of Sports podcast that said he forfeited his guarantees if he got fined. So that means if he got fined for something this year, his you know fourteen million guaranteed for twenty twenty three was no longer guaranteed. The Broncos weren't making him sign that, so he said, "Heck with it! I'm going to switch to the Broncos." What's interesting about that is he'll end up making less money because there is a state income tax in Colorado. There's not one in Dallas, in Texas. Takes. Dolphins signed two players, including Raheem Morris, running back and left guard, Connor Williams. Yeah, Raheem Mostert. Morris is the coach. I'm sorry. I, I know. I just read that wrong. Apologize. Yeah, no worries. Um, I don't think Connor Williams is a very good player. I'm a little surprised the Dolphins... Uh, gave him money like that. I think he's average at best. Mostert's had a trouble staying healthy, but Mike McDaniel obviously knows what he's capable of when he is healthy. Takes. Steelers signing James Daniels and, as you mentioned, Miles Jack. Steelers have made some good signings, I think. You know, I think they feel like they've upgraded at center, Mason Cole, James Daniels. Miles Jack is sort of who they thought Devin Bush would be when they drafted him. Ducks takes. Lions making some moves with uh, signing uh, wide receiver DJ Chark. One year's $10 million, and they re-sign edge rusher Charles Harris and Khalif Raymond. Kind of interesting. For the most part, the, the Lions have just re-signed their own guys. Our, my buddy Alex Anzalone, whereas the one guy they did bring in was DJ Chark. So to get a big receiver, big-bodied guy, that's something they didn't have because that's not Amon Ra St. Brown or Khalif Raymond. Ducks takes. Let's talk about the Ravens. They say Marcus Williams, five years, $70 million. Morgan Moses, three years, $15 million. And edge rusher is Darius Smith. Ravens highly value safeties. They've done this a lot by paying safeties. You think of Earl Thomas. They highly value safeties. They needed a right tackle with Villanueva retiring. And then Zadarius Smith, they bring him back to Baltimore. I like that. Pair him up with Owe, uh, gives them that edge rusher that they want. And they're getting him for a lot less than he left for. Ducks takes. Buffalo Bills sign edge rusher Von Miller. Three years, $53 million, 32 of it guaranteed. Also get O.J. Howard, J.D. McKissick, unless he changes his mind back to Washington. Which he did. Which, by the way, I tweeted it on Instagram, at Ross Tucker NFL. You know, 
J.D. McKissick staying in Washington rather than going to Buffalo is the latest evidence, if anybody needs it, that it's not all about winning a championship for these guys. And I don't think it should be. Even if the Bills have the best odds to win a championship, it's still like 8-1. to one. It's still very much a long shot. If McKissick's comfortable in Washington's offense, if he doesn't want to move his family, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it. It's the exact same money. I don't blame him at all. Now, if the Bills win the Super Bowl, he'll probably be kicking himself. But the odds are they won't. And they're the odds-on favorite. Biggest signing yesterday was uh, Von Miller. That is a move by the Bills to bring in a guy who's won multiple championships and is thought to be an outstanding leader at this stage of his career to try to get them over the hump when they're in the playoffs, when it's late in games. That's why the Bills got Von Miller. Russell Gage signs with Tampa Bay, who also get a three-year $60 million deal done with Chris Godwin. Right. The first franchise-tagged player to end up signing a deal is Godwin. $40 million guaranteed. Good for him. $20 million a year on a three-year deal. So happy for him, especially after tearing his ACL in December. The Russell Gage one, I'm a little surprised the Bucks signed Russell Gage or felt like they needed to. I guess he's the number three receiver. They like having depth there. He's a new Antonio Brown. But I also have no idea how the Falcons could let him go. Falcons have no receivers right now. I mean, Joe Dolan said this on the Fantasy Feast podcast yesterday. The Falcons have, like, maybe the worst roster in the NFL right now. Certainly, you know, it would appear to be the worst offensive skill position roster. Let's talk about the New York Jets. They signed cornerback DJ Reed and safety Jordan Whitehead. Yeah, they did. Um, Jordan Whitehead's a hammerhead. I thought the Bucks would try to bring him back, but they've got a couple other safeties, you know, already in the fold. But they love the way he plays. I'm a little surprised that they didn't get him back. And DJ Reed, obviously, somebody the Jets like. Feels like the Jets signed two defensive backs in free agency every year. Takes. Indianapolis Colts trade cornerback Rock Yassin for defensive end Yannick Ngakwe after the Raiders signed Chandler Jones. So I like the Colts getting Yannick Ngakwe. They needed another very good edge rusher. So I like that move. And I like the Raiders getting Chandler Jones. Obviously, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler know him very well. The a- AFC West is absolutely loaded. Max Crosby and Chandler Jones coming off the edge. Yikes. Ducks takes. Seahawks signed Uchenna Nuosu two years, $20 million, and then they released uh, statements about Russell Wilson. Right. I actually put this in there twice, Bryce. You don't need that at the end. Uh, as for Nuosu, I was very impressed with him in you know some games last year for the Chargers, including that last Week 18 game against the Raiders. As for Russell Wilson's statements, not a fan of the Seahawks' Russell Wilson statements. Not at all. You know, he's the most important player in franchise history. I won't say best. Maybe You know, Walter Jones is a Hall of Famer, whatever. But he's the most important player in franchise history. He gave you 10 years of unprecedented prosperity and success. He moves on. And the Seahawks went out of their way 
to make it clear that they felt like it was Russell Wilson's desire to leave. People are saying, well, what's wrong with that? It's just the truth. Do you, do, you, do you want Russell Wilson to release a statement that's the truth? Do you want Russell Wilson to release a statement that says the Seahawks started to draft really badly and make terrible decisions like trading the farm for Jamal Adams? Pete Carroll wants to run the ball all the time, so I realized if I wanted to win another Super Bowl, I had to leave. They don't want him to, to, to release a it's-the-truth statement. I thought it was a bad look for the Seahawks. I thought it was petty. Ducks takes. Let's talk about some other quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks. Uh, Chad Henney goes back to the Chiefs. Flacco back to the Jets. Giants signed Terod Taylor and the Chargers signed Chase Daniel. Man, it's nice to be a backup quarterback. You know, my buddy Chad Henney just keeps racking up a couple million a year. Chase Daniel, the same. Joe Flacco, three and a half million. These guys, they just keep racking it up, man. Good for them. God bless them. By the way, two of those guys have beach houses where I go to the beach in Avalon, Stone Harbor, New Jersey, which is kind of funny. Ducks takes. The comp picks were announced. Rams and Niners both get five. That's a lot, man. That's a lot of comp picks right there. Good for them. I mean, that's that's significant value for their franchise with not only the players that left, but they also had executives leave that were minorities that got hired to bigger positions, which those are third-round comp picks, which are huge. Ducks takes. And finally, the Atlanta Falcons and Cleveland Browns meet with Deshaun Watson, so Baker Mayfield issues a strange statement. Baker Mayfield kind of issued a goodbye statement. I don't know what he was thinking or why he did that because the Browns control his rights. I think he was trying to feel like he has some of the control over the situation. He does not. It's completely his right to be upset that the Browns are trying to get Deshaun Watson. It's completely the Browns' right to try to get Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is reportedly very torn. Doesn't surprise me. You know, I bet she probably wants to go to Atlanta back home, but they got a really bad roster and trading for him will make it a lot worse. So I think he's torn between the football part of it and where he wants to live. And there's just a lot that goes into it. But it does sound like Baker Mayfield is gonzo one way or the other. Chris Mortensen said the Browns want someone who acts like an adult at the position. Frankly, I don't blame them. Shout-outs. Pizza Boy Brewing was there Saturday. Delicious. The moist Murin River IPA and then the, the Stromboli ham pizza. So good. Sportaculture, humanheadnyc.com and steakhousesports.com. Please, if you are missing me tomorrow or Saturday or Sunday, if we don't record until Sunday night, listen to one of the other shows. Subscribe, listen, give it a shot if you haven't. Watch it on YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.
A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 